we can review it. Oh, all right. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Welcome to this really chilly day <laughs> that no one asked for. Just it's, kidding. It's fall. So it's fall. It's okay. <laughs> Welcome to <laughs> our uh, live stream. Um, I feel like we're getting a little bit earlier each week by like half an hour. So eventually we'll nail down a time. But anyways, my name is David. I'm Bree. And we're just talking every week. And right now we're just kind of doing a series on money topics and taboo things. Um, and so we're just inviting you along. And this is going to like five different platforms, Facebook, Twitch, Instagram, no, not Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter, and also has a podcast. So not that anyone is going to listen to any of this. But, and then, yeah, so we're going to do a quick week review and then jump into our topic of the day, which if you read the title, you already know what it is, but we'll get to there soon. Oh, so you're not going to say what it is ahead of time? No, we got to wait for it. Ooh. Anticipation. All right. How was your week, babe? Good? My week was highlight? fine. I don't even know anybody else. Like every day just blurs. Like how? First of all, week. it's like almost mid October. Is mid mid October already? It's October seventeenth. Yeah. So <laughs> that's how I feel about things. And no, it was fine. Um, what did I even do this week? We went to Amish country on the weekend. We did go to Amish country. You did a whole bunch of UX work. Yeah. Um, so just chugging along with the, the UX uh, design certificate from, from Google. Uh, cool. So just getting through that. I have made it through basically the understand phase and the define phase, which is you know, learning all about your users and then defining the problem. And now we're getting into like ideating and stuff. So that's cool. So basically what it taught me was I like UX design that I've already learned thus far. And I would be really good at it because it combines some of my like psychology and sociology and counseling background. The research stuff. Yeah. Because, you you know, you got to understand the people that you're working for. Um so if the rest of the course goes absolutely terrible and I hate the rest of it, I can just become a UX researcher and specialize in kind of that understand phase and just get basic skills on the rest. But I think I'll like the rest too. Um, so I'm, I'm about to do a competitive audit in the next week, which I'll talk about next week, I guess. Cool. But this week I, yeah, it was, it was good. Mm -hmm. And just playing with our dog Ajax that we talked about last time. <laughs> um, so view that video if you want to learn about how much it costs to have a living furball. <laughs> <laughs> and other than that, just trying to enjoy the day, watching some Hallmark movies and other cute movies. But also, it's October, so trying to find scary movies, oh thriller movies. We watched Dark Skies, mm -hmm. uh, which is like. I don't know, five years old, six years old. No, it's, it's early. It wasn't. I, I think, thought it was early two thousand. So I don't know. But anyways, that movie started off really dumb, and then it just got scary and scarier. So well, they just used all the like, you know, theatrical elements. Well, like the the music and sound think, and whatever. Think, yeah. yeah. So, so anyway. So yeah. So just getting ready for um the scary month of October, which is fun to do. Um, good. My week was chill. 
I did work. Um, I don't have, I thought um, I had the newsletter yet, but I don't think it came out yet. Um, so I wrote like the new version of the ghost newsletter again. And next week I'll show you that because the new version is really cool. Definitely proud of it. And um, found this cool podcast called Writers in Tech that I've been listening to obsessively. My wife laughs because I get like um, super obsessed with rabbit holes and they're all I can think about and talk about and do. So like, um, it's very hyper-focused. I get very hyper-focused <laughs> on tangents. So that was my latest tangent this week. Um, and then I'm trying to think, yeah, we went to Amish country, uh, which was super fun. We have, they had a pie sampler. So we got six half slices of pie, four right, of which are still in the fridge. Um, so that's something to look forward to. But anyways, yeah, nothing too crazy. It's pretty quiet week. So you want to tell them what our topic of the day is kind of today? I know I like told you in passing like three or four <laughs> times. So you go ahead and tell me what you think it is. And then I'll tell you what it was in my mind. Um, I think today's topic of the day, week, whatever you want to call it, is whether or not we and you should let money influence the careers you choose 100% yeah so like should we how has it how are we thinking about it going to the future yeah I feel like this is such an interesting um I don't know like spectrum I know there's people who choose their careers 100% based on how much money they can earn um for better like this is not a moral argument today it's more like a practical logistical like you know now that we are you know, still fairly young in our careers, like late 20s, early 30s, um, just thinking about the next 20, 30 years, what do we want to do? And how is the money portion going to impact that? Um, because I feel like, I'll just start first a little bit. I feel like I did not treat the money factor as important as it actually is in my early years of the career. And, you know, by the time I was done with my first master's, already into my late 20s I was like I need to start thinking about this differently especially like as a married individual who has goals other than living in a shack and reading books all day um and I wish like I only saw it as kind of an either or conversation either you pick a career based on how much money you're going to earn or you don't and you just pursue something you know that you're passionate about that's good um, and it's not an either or conversation. It's a spectrum. And I didn't understand that. And because I didn't understand that or have someone explain it to me like that, I feel like I was at a disadvantage because I always felt like I was choosing one over the other, um, when that's not the case at all. So what about you? I feel like, you know, well, <laughs> I'm changing careers. So, <laughs> uh, so brewamas.com, you can see my Hello UX blog post that kind of talks a little bit about this. Um, I never cared about looking into money as a reason for getting a job um, because to me, all jobs pay <laughs> money. <laughs> I mean, I, like good. I wanted one that like, you know, I was going to college and getting at least an undergrad degree. And so one that at least would, you know, be an equivalent, like I would make more than minimum wage, right? Like, but by getting the college degree and going into a college educated field, 
I guess, mm-hmm. it was automatically assumed that you would make minimum wage, which is funny because that's not always the case. No. <laughs> um, so for me, it never, yeah, I mean, honestly, actually, in I'm fellow social workers out there and not working in nonprofits. They actually thought like lots of my professors would would say to our, our cohorts, like, you know, we all know you're not going in this for the money. Right. Uh, and I I think it never clicked just how how much like you learn about it and you think you know how overworked and underpaid you are. Um, but it's very different experiencing it year after year after year. And then mm-hmm. kind of having your values change. You know, money was never a value. Like uh, there was this weird twisted sense of morality around it you know you don't talk about money uh you don't want money money is in it is bad so that's why you don't talk or want in it even though it helps pay the bills it's a necessary so you need, evil. yeah it's a necessary evil um so that was kind of like and no i don't nobody like directly taught that but that's you know mm-hmm. sociology 101 socialization from our schools and society and churches, churches and um yeah. So I guess that's where I was, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I think I encountered a lot of the same beliefs in like, you know, my, so I actually went to college for engineering, uh, for mechanical engineering, which I started as, and it was just kind of like, I was good at math and science. So that's what people told me to do. And so I went there and I was like, probably so you things. could make money too. Yeah. It was just kind of the assumption, like, smart kids do better, right? Mm. So do what a smart kid would do. They'd go towards engineering with that. I had no idea what I was getting into. Um, and I didn't, like, I a, didn't have a lot of good mentors in my life to look towards. Yeah. And I also didn't pursue them. So that's not like, oh, poor me. It was like, I was just a hard-headed, you know, teenager <laughs> being like, I know best. I know what I'm going to do. Um, so I ended up going down, like, the writing path. Um, within that, I had a lot of different majors and colleges I went to three different undergrads so like I jumped around a lot but the whole idea was like I'm going to learn the skills and background I need in order to pursue whatever career looks like in writing um so I ended up with a degree in classics and medieval studies um which like we would joke in the department that um you know basically if you look at a homeless person on the street like oh, I bet they were a classics major in college. <laughs> like, that's that was just the assumption. Like, you, you know, these, right, these people who got their PhDs from, like, top-tier schools in the world, not even just the country, in the world, and had books and articles published under them and were doing, like, groundbreaking research under, like, you know, one of my advisors, like, literally wrote the book on what slavery looked like in ancient Greece. And it completely, like, undid a lot of the stereotypes of what people thought. Mm-hmm. And you know, she was barely getting paid 40K or 50K at the time as like a super assistant part-time professor. Like, you know, and then she was made full professor like after the book came out. And it was just like, you know, the struggle is basically with the whole, like there's so much struggle in that sector. And I just assumed that's how it would be. Um, You know, and then I went to seminary, which isn't any better. Like, you know, (laughs) teaching (laughs) pastors how uh, to run churches and stuff. But almost like you know a church in a lot of cases is at least a million dollar organization and like some of these larger churches are eight figure organizations that you know 
a leading figure will have to know how to run budgets. And there was not one financial literacy class in that entire master's program. And I think about that a lot now as I talk to people mm-hmm. like who graduated and gone on to do other things, like just insane. So anyways, fast forward, you know, to when we were having our conversations, like, you know, we've been married for a while and I'm thinking about leaving Tri-C. Um, and, you know, Tri-C was the best money I'd been making in my life. Like, you know, I was making a little over 60K a year doing, working with people I really enjoyed, working in higher ed, which is something was always my goal. And I was like, you know, did I choose the money or the passion thing? Like, am I not being truthful to myself? What, you know, what limitations am I putting on myself? And all that is a long way to say, like, I left because I knew I needed to think differently about the choices I was making. And I wasn't going to do that well if I stayed in that position. Yeah, which is funny because that choice was was uh, sacrificing money yeah. for the sake of pursuit and passion. Mm-hmm. Which, like, if I could do it over again, I would 100% do it a little differently. Mm. Um, but I don't know. I it think worked you out really to do well. it that way. You yeah. So? Well, yeah, because you so you quit your job, and then we were on my salary. I mean, you were making, you know, a little side income, but we were having it being re whatever invested reinvested into your mostly. business. Yeah, it wasn't like investing into our our bank, whatever, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Um, we made it work. I wasn't making that much, but we made it work for two people. We were always very um, budget conscious, frugal, mm-hmm. not as much as other people, you know, but. Um, and then, yeah, and then a couple months later, that was what allowed us, that choice is what allowed us to move. Yeah. So you want to say, like, kind of your story of what, like, pick up where that happened and then where you are now? Yeah, so a couple months after that, after Dave making that choice and deciding he, you know, just needed to reevaluate his views of money and jobs and passion and creativity versus uh, basic needs <laughs> and <laughs> practicality, right? Like trying to figure out all that. Uh, I was working for an or an agency that was funded by a grant. And because of the way that was based on fees um, from criminal charges and because the way the state of a lot of criminal offenses were being charged as civil instead of criminal. And so there was a huge, huge cut. I mean, with along with other, like just politics, right? Um, A huge cut in that grant, uh, which was the primary funder at the time. And that was across the board. So I had been there for a couple of years, but I was the newest hire in the department. So they decided to cut me to part-time, um, which was interesting. Yeah, which was a little scary because at, like I'm just getting my freelance writing career off the ground, figuring what that looks like. We're relying on my sole income. So we were relying solely on her income. Yeah. And it gets slashed less than half. Yeah. Um, and I had been doing like, you know, <laughs> I, I kind of outgrew the position. I think they nobody expected me to stay there as long as I had to. 
Um, and I was doing other stuff on the side as sort of like a pseudo internship. So I was getting like all these cool skills and mm -hmm. still being able to do really things. Cool. And during there was free time, just like with most jobs, right? So I was able to, yeah. So anyways, um, it, it forced me, I had already been casually looking, but it forced me to really consider other job opportunities right. because it's easy to get comfortable, right? Um, and so that's when I got the interviews and found a cool director position. And that's why we moved to Cincinnati. And uh, for almost three years, two and a half, something like that. I forget, two and eight months. Yeah, almost three years. Yeah. So, I mean, it's awesome because you held two director positions down there. Yeah. I, I loved the job. I loved my boss. Yeah. I've always been fortunate to have really good bosses. I think that makes or break a job. Mm -hmm. uh, absolutely loved my boss. Uh, and my team was pretty cool. Um, like the job overall. Some mismatch between where the organization was heading yeah. and my own values and, and my own values changing a little bit. And both of the positions that I had had there were grant funded. Um, which is shaky ground. Which is shaky ground <laughs> when you've already experienced uh, grants cutting the feet under you, you know. Right. And we did. If I um, we did lose the one grant because mm -hmm. it was the same grant as the other that got slashed even further that year. Um, luckily, I had applied for another three-year grant and uh, was awarded it for the college, and um, that's how I still had a job. So I could have potentially been in the same boat. I know like yeah. every job gives the illusion of stability. Like it's not necessarily that grant jobs are more stable than other non-grant jobs, but with grant jobs, you're always wondering and worrying every year, every whatever the cycle. renewal cycle is, mm -hmm. if you're going to have a job or if you're going to have the same salary because usually it gets slashed. You don't usually get... A raise no raise, <laughs> raises kind of aren't a thing in like you know it's so funny we hear you know we'll come back but like we hear people in other industries especially the tech industry which is what we're going to like lead this conversation into yeah. and how like you can get sign-on bonuses and regular raises and like for the first 10 years of our careers like essentially you know yours less than that mine like yeah. that's not a thing like no. sign on bonus maybe they like give you a parking pass that you don't have to pay for no and, that's like a normal yeah. part of the job <laughs> and, and raises like you have to fight for like your normal inflation raise which may be one or two yeah. percent not like an actual significant amount yeah the only time i was able to make more money was when i quit the job and got another a hundred um and i i will say the last job i was at the they didn't have to, but the place I was working for did give all employees like a little bit of money here or there, like a little bonus or which something, was which was really nice. A huge deal because it never happens. No. Yeah. <laughs> and to be included in it like right. was cool because some people would exclude it to being a grand funded position. Right. But anyways, yeah, there was not, there wasn't a lot of growth in the places we were. There were very little to no pay raises yeah. at all. So during the time when she's working as this, the directorships and stuff. Um, I went back to school and got a master's in educational, master in ed, master's of education in instructional design. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, trying to think through how could I marry my past 
work in higher ed with my writing career and what I wanted to make in the future. Um, And that kind of led down a winding path of me looking for different kinds of opportunities, where then I ended up at Ghost as their staff writer, um, which is a job I love and very thankful for. And that kind of opened up the next phase when you went nuclear. Oh, and I went nuclear. Well, yeah, so... I'm not going to get into that story. No, I don't think you need that for the conversation. Story, but, but basically, like... long story short, we um, I ended up quitting my job. And I gave a good notice. Good like, notice, yeah. Yeah, two good months, notice. Three months? Maybe, yeah, two or three months. And we decided to move back to Cleveland and buy a house. And when we were moving back to Cleveland, I... Well, and yeah, because we gave good notice. We knew what it was happening in advance. Um, I actually decided not to apply for jobs. So we came to Cleveland with his remote full-time job and me with no job in sight. And so it was cool. Here we are a few years later and it's flipped, right? (laughs) Like it's reversed. So now we're relying solely on his salary, um, except I don't have any side income or hustle like you did. So, because <laughs> you're, uh, so you're really, more focused than I am, uh, that's yeah. why. <laughs> so, like, really relying solely yeah. on him. Um, plus my extra. Plus your so. extra. Plus now all the side hustle stuff that was just being reverted back into business now is going to both business and our personal. Right. Um, which I'm very thankful. Yeah, which around. which is nice budgets. Um, so yeah, so I decided I, I, our values were changing, you know, COVID, the work from homeness, the everything, everybody with the whole, like, what should minimum wage be and all the controversy with that. And seeing it skyrocket, like to get like my first job out of college, uh, where I was making $35,000 a year. So what is that? 1550, you know, I had a a degree like I went to school and like the like the best first job I could get was like no more than what you can get now walking to any department store yeah which is crazy to me it's crazy I am not mad at those people I think everyone should be earning more but it's just crazy to me so. yeah yeah this isn't a this isn't a political talk we're not going to talk about the politics of it but you know what is the reality then for people so yeah. So, yeah, so I decided I wanted to reevaluate what kind of lifestyle did we want. We want to travel more. Um, I really want the flexibility with, I know it's not a kid, but still with having the dog. So Dave can do his thing. I can do my thing. I just, I'm really project focused and based. So, like, I don't want to sit at work for three hours if I have no more work to do for the day. Um, (laughs) Right. You know, like, I don't know, little things like that um, with the, the type of life we want to build. Uh, I don't want to have to work five days a week, nine to five plus over time, Just you know. To, yeah. And so like all this comes back to like now that we're a little settled and we've had a lot of these value talks, which I think like that's worth an episode in itself, you know what are money values? Where do you get them from? How do they evolve? Because ours have evolved a lot from, you know, we've been, we will have been married six years, um, which is crazy. And so um, 
yeah, like where are we headed now? So Brie is looking at like she's doing her UX stuff mm -hmm. at a career that has you know, a lot of room for growth. Yeah, and is marrying like the creativity with the money upside. Yes, the creativity, the ability to improve lives, depending on, you know, the type of just like with any field, the job you get. And uh a minimum, an average minimum starting salary that would have been capped in my previous field would have been the, the cap. Um, After working 10 or even 20 years, you would yes. have never out-earned what an intro-level UX will. No, there, there could have been chances, but it would have required a lot more sacrificing, getting more and more and more education and certifications and licensings. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and to me, yeah. Yeah. And same thing for me. So like, you know, I'm very happy with where I'm at. And so my, you know, going forward is how do I continue down a path that is both financially upside, uh, both has financial upside and creative upside. And so, um, yeah, like Bree's just been challenging me, you know, with the work she's doing. I'm just, it's cool. It, it, it no longer feels like an either or when you're choosing a career. Um, it's a spectrum. And so I wanted to read something that literally as I was thinking through that, um, this thing that this guy Calvin wrote on another podcast so I can show you. So every job pays you five salaries. So financial, psychological, social, Ooh. educational, and freedom, right? And so when people think they're unhappy at work, they're usually like, I need to get paid more because that's going to be, you know, that is my salary. And they're like, no, 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 no. Mm -mm. Like financial is one part of it. The Salary bonuses, equity, healthcare benefits, which you know we know doesn't make the whole job. That's one small aspect. That helps improve your life if it pays the bills, oh, right? Oh, 100%. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. Like, you can't discount that one. You can't say, this job gives me fulfillment. This job gives me community. Um, but I'm living with my parents still at 42. Like, nothing wrong with that if that's the life choice you make. But, like, there are options that can satisfy both of those. Yeah. If you intentionally choose that's how you want to live, then that's great. Right. Like but don't you're think satisfying you your values and your needs. Yeah. But yeah, I used to think like there is no like it's not morally better to work a job that makes you poor. It's not like there is no moral benefit to that. You're not a better person. Like you're not getting a special gold star from the universe. And so yeah, like I wish more people told me that. Like yeah. It's okay to pursue a job for money because you have to understand how the money influences everything else. Like, yes, you want the job to give you psychological satisfaction. So like you derive meaning from your work social. You want to ideally enjoy the people you work for and work with Yeah. Uh, emotional that like, it's not a toxic environment um, that you're developing skills and so on. And the freedom part. So like, you know, you can kind of work on your own terms. Like you said, project-based. Whatever like, that means for you. Yeah. So like if your freedom is you know, geographic freedom, like you want a nomadic mm. lifestyle, so you need a job that accommodates that. Like, Or maybe your freedom is consistency. You want a nine, mm. nine, you're a start at nine, you end at five. And there's nothing else. And there's nothing else. Yeah. Like, like this whole, you know, it's called the great, the great quitting, the great, I've I can't remember it. now, but you know, like, million four over four million people quit their jobs in the last month and so i went to facebook and i asked this question and like 10 people answered in the first 20 minutes like yeah like i quit my job in the last two months and you know they gave a whole host of reasons but like now is the 
better time than ever before, at least in recent history, where you can kind of redefine the boundaries of what you want a career to be um, and make a bold move towards that. And so like, yeah, I wish I wish I believed that earlier in my career and I wish I made financial decisions more of a boundary. Yeah. But well, and and like going back to the the different social, psychological, financial, like like those are based on the lifestyle that you want mm-hmm. and the values you have. And I know we keep saying that, but that's really what it comes down to because how you define the social for yourself, like there will be some standard definition of this is what it means, right. but what it means to you is going to be different than what it means to someone else. So if you're someone who is very career driven, you've got no dependents, whatever, like, and you just want to work 80 hour work weeks so that you can make money, you love your job because it gives you all that social and psychological fulfillment, then, then that's great. Um, so I guess, you know, I guess the, the challenge we should ask at the end, like you do, but is, uh, oh man. <laughs> I have so much suspense. <laughs> you, you um, just would be, are you satisfied with your job? Are you satisfied in your career or what if? You know, what if you could have a job that checks all the boxes? Yeah, pays you twice as much. Makes, if that's what you want. Has you work half as much. Yeah. Let's you attend every kid's game that you can. Mm-hmm. Um, like, would that be worth actually making? Actually gives you parental leave. <laughs> yeah, actually gives you parental leave. Like, would that be worth making $5,000 less a year? With Like, could you actually make more money if you chose a career that had those benefits? Like. I don't know. This is crazy. In a future episode, we're going to talk about this topic. I don't even can't even see it. it. It's so bright. Uh, how to find your enough number. Um, Ooh. And so that has been a big one for us because, you know, we talked about financial stuff in a vague, broad sense. But like once you know what your enough number is um, built around the lifestyle you want to have, then suddenly salary becomes a smaller deciding factor in the career you choose um yeah because you kind of know what you're aiming at and anything more than that enough number just kind of bonus Mm -hmm. so yeah and I think like we're not solely basing our decisions on money exactly and financials it sounds like it because we're the reason why we're empathize, empathizing emphasizing <laughs> yeah math words every every video right the reason why we're emphasizing money is because most people don't in our circles in our circles yeah in our circles they don't they don't talk about it they don't care to negotiate it they don't yeah. look for it you know and it's and it's Again, that in itself also isn't a bad thing, but it's more, you know, um, it can limit your possibilities, I guess, when you don't consider all the the factors that influence your, what, what was the, the list called? Yeah, the five salaries that every the job The five salaries, you. yes. Yeah, so those were- yeah, the five salaries, like... If you're unhappy at work, 
which salary do you need to increase? Financial, psychological, social, educational freedom. And for us, or for me, I found that they were often linked because the I've had really great social salaries, mm-hmm. um, but the psychological, that burden, that burnout, that being overworked usually came hand in hand with being underpaid mm-hmm. and not making enough money. And so usually for me, I needed to look at not just one, there wasn't just one wrong salary. It was that they kind of tie together um, and influence one another. It's like a package deal, some of those financial, psychological, social, and educational freedom. I think, yeah, I think there's like a meeting point to like, there's a point at which you get paid very low and you're stressed all the time, hence McDonald's workers and gas station attendants, <laughs> two jobs we have both held. <laughs> and then on the other end, you're paid a ton because they expect to be stressed all the time. So what I imagine, day traders and Wall Street executives, right? And how everyone picks on lawyers. And everyone picks on lawyers. So yeah. I think there's like a nice bubble in the middle where like, no, you're not that, you know, you're maybe not the highest person paid in the world. You're not the lowest paid. And there's just this circle of like, oh, like I can build a life I want. This is enough money for more than just my needs. It's also my wants. And like, that's where I think, I think this bubble is bigger than people think it is. I think there's more opportunity to be here. And I think if you know what you're looking for, there's a clear path to get here. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it is, it's about enoughness. Like we're not talking about trying to find the perfect job, which would be a myth, you know, like, I mean, some of you might feel like you have the perfect job and that's great if that happens to be true. But um, it's just finding a job that has the enoughness threshold for your salaries, for your financial, psychological, social, educational freedom. Like, and eventually building that. And building that you if you want or growing towards it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so when I was trying to change careers, it wasn't just about the money. But what I found was when I started actually opening that dialogue for money, it became a conversation about freedom mm-hmm. and it became a conversation about the psychological and yeah. yeah. And a whole, whole new worlds of opportunity opened yeah. because your career influences your life. And I not only did whole new worlds of the career open, but also whole new worlds of my lifestyle and mm-hmm. what that could potentially look like right. ne- a year from now mm-hmm. completely changed all because of this. It's yeah. cool. It's exciting. We're excited to share this journey with you. And we'll end with that question. So um, this is posted everywhere, but like it's easier to see the comments on YouTube. So if you go to search our name or my name on YouTube, you'll find us. And then um, so the question was like, are you happy with your career? If yes, tell us why. Tell us like, um, you know, of the factors, how do they come together to make you happy? And how did you end up there? And if the answer is no, like you're not happy right now, you know, what's the biggest factor? Are you being underpaid? Is it the stress? Is it the freedom? Like what aspect of it um, just isn't working for you right now? I think that'd be cool. Yeah. So, so yeah. there, like what what salary increase do you need? Financial, psychological, social, educational freedom. Yeah. So that's cool. You tell us. Yeah. Maybe yeah. some big changes are in store for you too. Yeah. <laughs> It's scary and exciting and 
full of opportunity. It's definitely oh, that's good sales point. Yeah, it was definitely scary. I mean, we both quit our jobs at some point within the last three years because we wanted to make the significant change. And yeah. um, there are a lot of good, like, yes, the road is hard, but there are good things down the path. So thank you guys again for watching. Go I, answer that question. Anything else? What were you going to say? I was going to end it. Oh, you end it. And as always, even though it's chilly outside, grab some sweater. Well, I mean, I guess if you're, uh, in Northeast Ohio, it's chilly outside. You might be in beautiful Florida on the beach. And for that, I'd envy you. But either way, grab a sweater, grab a beach towel, whatever you do. Remember that it's a great day to have a beautiful day. Oh, you're welcome. All right. <laughs> See you all later. Bye. Bye.